2: Spider-Sense tells me I'm in for some trouble. Spider-Sense is tingling. Spider-Sense is tingling. Spider-Sense is tingling. Something is turning a Spider-Sense My
1: Spider-Sense is tingling. Anybody else's Spider-Sense tingling? Welcome to Wild Bing Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling?
0: Wait one moment and just watch as time passes. And now time passes again. <laughs> and now time continues to pass. Uh-huh. Yes. My spider sense is tingling.
1: Fantastic. <laughs> to listen to this show, find us on 4 and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration, and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And we are still talking about the 90s animated series, Spider-Man, the animated series. Um, And this is the second of a two-parter. We talked about the first one last week. We're talking about Venom's return to this very series. Um, You can watch along with us on Disney+. Uh, You can also purchase these episodes on a number of digital platforms, but... If you wanted physical media, this is one of the episodes you could have on physical media because it is included on the Spider-Man: The Venom Saga DVD set. I would suggest definitely listening to last
0: week's episode because we got into a lot of production stuff and this yes. is the type of two-parter that like is so thoroughly interlinked that like The majority of our conversation is just going to be us calling back to what we talked about last week, probably, and continuing that conversation. So I'm
1: actually really excited to talk about this episode because I I felt like my hands were kind of tied last week because a lot of the stuff that I wanted to talk about and praise this two-parter for Mm -hmm. actually is stuff we're exposed to or clarified in this episode. So I'm... I'm eager to to get into some of those thoughts because I was trying not to get too deeply into them last week. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah.
0: Honestly, where I landed at the end of last week, I sort of feel like I'm going to have to double back on too because I think I ended up being weirdly harsh on it at the end of it and I don't really know. I, we'll talk about it as yeah, we go yeah. along. We'll, we'll, yeah.
1: we'll get into it with, with some more, more info here. Just a, a teeny tiny bit of intro here. The episode specifically that we're talking about is Spider-Man the Animated Series season three episode 11 the sins of the fathers chapter 11 carnage <laughs> and the synopsis for this one per IMDb is the venom symbiote has produced a new symbiote attaching itself to serial killer cletus cassidy to give birth to carnage as venom's replacement carnage helps Mordo with his plans now that's a funny sentence just like to throw right in there <laughs> yeah to not introduce that magic is happening at all anyway <laughs> Now, Spider Man must team up with Venom and Iron Man. Also, a wild detail to just throw in at the end. What a roller coaster of a synopsis <laughs> that is. I hope you listened last week. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because um, that doesn't help at
0: all. You know, it's funny um, just because the word symbiote was like twice in that synopsis. We talked about it off mic, like before we recorded, but didn't yeah. even mention in last week's episode how everyone
1: pronounces it symbiote or sim- symbiote or symbiote. Like symbiote, no one yeah. says symbiote, which is yeah weird because that's what you and I both say, right? Yeah, and that's what they said in the first
0: season, or at least okay. I think we didn't get that I think, from nowhere. <laughs> I think Hank Azaria has always said symbiote, but but it's sort of like, well, you know, he sounds funny as Eddie, so like I kind of can buy him saying that with his New Yorker accent, like it fits symbiote my the apartment, in my
1: apartment,
0: <laughs> yeah, like it fits that. But then everyone else's pronunciation of it is just suddenly shifted. It's really bizarre. I get symbiote and I get symbiote. I don't get Symbiote. I only get Symbiote because it's coming from Hank Azaria's performance of Eddie. I think it makes sense for him, but no one else should ever say that. <laughs> So. Yeah. So the original air date for this episode, another thing that we're just going to call back to last week because there's a whole conversation about weirdness with the air dates. I'm not going to get it out of it again. You, you can just listen to that. Uh, but IMDb would tell you it's November 2nd, 1996. But I think we've determined that that's just incorrect. It is actually November 9th, 1996 is when
1: this aired. You heard uh, it here.
0: You heard it here and you know all other places on the internet that I got that information <laughs> from. Uh, story by for this episode uh, is credited to John Semper. Teleplay credited to Stan Berkowitz, Jim Krieg, and John Semper. Talked about all of them in depth. Um, and we've even had Jim on the show. Just plugging that because it's been a while since we got an
1: episode written yeah. by him. I think so. It would be interesting to get his thoughts on some of this stuff, too. So maybe we'll have to re- reach back out.
0: Yeah, yeah. We can do another revisited episode. It's a very different kind of episode.
1: <laughs> That's a good point. It really is. And I have very different questions. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, let's dive into this because all the, all the pieces are already on the board. Uh, all the characters have pretty much been introduced. Uh, there's just sort of a different weight uh, to how much each one is carrying in this episode versus last week. So diving right in. We step. get a nice thorough recap, which is always appreciated. Doesn't matter as much for you and I, but since these episodes didn't air the same week, uh, <laughs> it's nice because they packed a lot into last week. Um, and this one picks up immediately where it left off. So uh, it picks up with Carnage holding an axe hand, a, a one of his hands transformed into an axe or blade or, or something, over Spider-Man and Venom sort of looming behind them pretty immediately Venom stops Carnage which was kind of the question at the end of the last episode is he going to help Carnage or is he going to inter- intervene well he intervenes but he intervenes insisting that Spider-Man is ours alone sparking a squabble between father and son symbiote <laughs>
0: I I actually like that detail a lot because it's I actually think that's a little bit unexpected because they really do set you up to just be like oh yeah he's gonna listen to his he's gonna listen to his doctor girlfriend's advice and he's gonna be a good guy now uh, but this isn't his turning point like he has still deluded himself enough to just be like well I'm only stopping you because I want to kill Spider Man yeah. more and I believe him because he probably because he does so yeah, I, I thought it was a
1: two <laughs> a two option multiple choice I thought it was either he teams up with carnage or he stops carnage because he's good, but I, this was not, not on my list. So yeah, I like was that. happy that's to a, be surprised. Very good twist. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good. It's just a good, it's a good bit of characterization. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Yeah. It's sort of like primal. I like it.
0: I think it's a one reason why his I think redemption arc I think in this works is because it's he's never fully redeemed he's never fully on, on he never fully becomes a superhero or anything mm-hmm. it's not like he's a good guy by the end of this he very much isn't yeah like, it, it, for all intents and purposes after this episode was over if he you know was if if he was still venom and walking around on earth he would go right back to trying to kill Spider Man probably yeah. so. Yeah, so Baron Mordo interrupts them before they can, like, full-on clash and have a have a daddy-child fight uh, and reminds them of their promises to Dormammu. So the two are, like, fine, and they begrudgingly flip off together with the interdimensional probe, leaving a battered-up Spider-Man behind. Since Spider-Man is unconscious, J. Jonah Jameson, who's
1: there now, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> which is like is actually strange because he was not there before. Right. Like he the last came we saw here, him, he was watching these events on a television screen.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can believe he, you know, whatever studio or whatever he, or you, sure. the daily bugle is not far. So he has gotten there by now. I can believe it, but it is still weird. Cause it's sort of like a jump, but it's just like, wait, where'd you come from? Huh? And then they have an entire commercial break with him. Like being like, I'm going to see who you really are since you're unconscious now and starts to peel off his mask. As much as I love to see Jonah, and I love hearing Ed Asner's voice, and he really hasn't been much in the season, so I'm always happy whenever he appears. They, you, you could have cut him out of this episode and given more time to all the other million things that are happening. Oh, this is wholly, un- wholly <laughs> yeah, no, unnecessary, absolutely wholly could. Unnecessary. I thought
1: you were going to bring up how strange of a line read this was. Like it, it was the most like, uh, like subtle and like downplayed Jonah ed asner's ever done (laughs) that's true it it was i i didn't for a hot second i was like did they change voice actors (laughs) because he's speaking so plainly it was very straight no yelling
0: (laughs) yeah there's another line reading that he has later on that i'm gonna call out it's it's really all everything his use in this episode is so bizarre it just like feels like obligatory (laughs) weirdly um it's just yeah. It's, I love Jonah, but I did not oh, need yeah. to be here for any of this.
1: No, I do think it's. I do think it speaks to something we talked about a few weeks ago about how the show is finding its ability to weave together more threads and more bits and pieces that are just part of the world as opposed to like disappearing and reappearing when relevant. Yeah, this is not yeah. a great example of it, but it clearly yeah. they clearly want Jonah to be around generally, and this is how they. Yeah opted to do it this time (laughs) sure yep um but yeah
0: uh, after after the commercial break war machine's like nope uh and stops jonah from um from peeling off spider-man's mask and they have they have a nice little confrontation um with the war machine just like crumpling up his press pass and everything Mm -hmm. and kicking him out uh i'm a member of the press you'll hear from my lawyers uh, after he leaves, War Machine collapses uh, as Spider Man wakes up, and Tony Stark over his video screen instructs Spidey to get War Machine to a hospital while he calls in backup in the form of his friend Iron Man. Iron Man? I just added a D on the end of his name for some reason.
1: Iron Man. Iron Man. New character, Iron Mandy. Um, this is, yeah, this was sort of like the first sort of clue but it's not like super duper clear that yeah i mentioned this last week so again if you didn't listen last week i'm just gonna pick it up and not explain it all over again but this is the first sort of indication or clue that like oh people don't know who is in the iron man suit <laughs> like, we're so used to that being just like a known thing in the in the era of like iron man being an a-list marvel character Yeah. Uh, that I didn't even think at first that people wouldn't know who he was in this universe. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I do think it's interesting, like, if War Machine has a secret identity as Jim Rhodes, if people don't know who he is, Spidey's going to take him to a doctor and they're going to do what? They're going to take his suit off and see who he is. So, I don't really mm-hmm. understand. I'm just going to not think about that. <laughs> yeah, don't.
1: I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't think about that.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Maybe Stark has a doctor in every hospital.
0: That's true. War Machine could just tell him like take me here and then he takes yeah. him there. Like and that's that's their trusted doctor or whatever. Yeah. They they have their night nurse person there. So it's that's yeah, fine.
1: If I'm thinking like in MCU rules, the War Machine suit just flies an unconscious roadie to wherever he needs to be to be yeah. honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: Yeah, I didn't I fully didn't think of that. That is <laughs> that is that is an interesting point. Yeah. <laughs> Well, after, I also am realizing that I was calling Rody Jim Rody, James Rhodes, Rhodes, Jim. Oh, whatever, it's Like every combination, but whatever. Yeah. All the same guy. So after delivering the intradimensional probe to Mordo and Dormammu, Venom and Carnage resume their feud and begin to fight each other right there in Dormammu's lair, which I love. They're basically just two cats who are waiting to claw the shit out of each other, and it is funny to me. Uh, naturally Dormammu stops them and says that their task is not finished in order for him to actually leave his realm and enter theirs. He needs to collect an equal amount of life force from their realm. So it's a, the law of equivalent exchange, if you will. Uh, Venom says like, no, dude, I did my part. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I did what you asked. Uh, and Carnage is like, you no, that's not how that works. Like, buddy, get back here. And Dormammu stops him and was like, Fuck him, we don't need Venom. I've got you. You you'll do just fine. Uh and yeah. uh you can help me out. So Car-
0: Carnage is kind of like a religious fanatic in this yes. a little bit. Like he f- yes. fully he is fully committed to Dormammu. And it's 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 interesting because it's like when I think approaching this and the thing that I think I was maybe a little too in my head about when we were talking about last week's episode that I think I I wasn't I wasn't talking about because it doesn't come into play in this episode that was bothering me that I am now actually internally backtracking on so I basically had an entire podcast conversation not on the podcast fully in my head so that's great content for you guys but the, the, and the, the journey and that, that all went, happened
1: over the past quote week which actually yeah. was. 10 minutes. (laughs) The journey, the internal journey that I went
0: through uh, as I was spending the last week, uh, you know, in my kitchen, making my drink between recording these um, (laughs) is like, I think I had, I had an issue with all the stuff going on where it's sort of like, you're introducing formidable villains in venom and then a new villain carnage. And then it's sort of like, yeah, but then there's still a bigger bad above them in a way that's sort of like, reduces the threat of the symbiotes, I guess, especially like you're, intru- you're like introducing carnage, but then immediately kind of like, m- like muting him a little bit because he, he, he still has to be serving someone else. Um, and that's sort of annoying, but then it's sort of like, yeah, I guess they have to have him for the reason that's explained here is so they can, he can be absorbing life force instead of literally killing someone. So like metaphorically killing people, but, but, but the thing that I think makes me feel all better about all of it, like, you know, meta context or not is that it actually does is as little as you know about Cassidy it kind of fits like the characterization of him that they're setting up that he would be like a religious fanatic because they could almost see Cassidy himself being like having been raised in like an evangelical family or something like that like does that make any sense like yeah. I feel like no, I, no, could I think sort of see no, that vibe from him you I think know? it makes
1: perfect sense I think it's a good thing that you could easily weave in as a theme I think I think even if you didn't, I still buy the idea that as long as Cassidy has the opportunity to kill people, he's fine working for Dormammu. And I think he demonstrates that later, even if I'm remembering correctly, like that's that's his priority. Dormammu is going to let him do that, so he's fine with it. I think it does work a little bit better if there's the religious fanatic element because you Mm -hmm. can see a world or or multiple worlds, a multiverse, if you will, of various Cassidy's that either are religious fanatics, are cult leaders, are um, sort of like you know uh, like zealots in whatever their particular twisted belief system is. Like I think that works really well for who Cletus Cassidy is often portrayed to be because he's so singularly focused and internally consistent that to me is what's important about cletus cassidy and intriguing to me about cletus cassidy and honestly eddie brock's version of venom they're internally consistent even if they don't make sense to us right because they're so fucked up and twisted Mm -hmm. they have a set of like beliefs that they stick to more so eddie but cletus as long as he gets to kill like yeah he's good (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, and I think that like I'm I'm feeling better about all of this the more we're talking about it because it's like carnage because he's sort of this, especially this version of him is so singularly focused and like kind of intentionally not complex. Like his whole deal is that Mm -hmm. that makes him so scary. Is that like, he's just a dude that loves to like do bad things. And that's, that's all that there is to him. And that's scary because there's no goodness or weakness that you can really appeal to with him. So it it sort of makes sense to give him someone to serve because otherwise it's probably is kind of hard to write a story around carnage as your main villain. Without it just becoming kind of chaotic because he's not going to be coming up with like a mastermind plan or plan or anything. He kind of has to be working with someone or working like with a, you know, with a direct goal that he's been given or in this case, like basically worshiping a God, you know, Um, and that's sort of a smart way to bring him in.
1: And honestly, what better way to give Cletus Cassidy freedom in the universe than to have him be supported by a God, right? Because if he's not, he's just going to end up in the exact same position he was in before, yeah. which is in a police standoff and then in a in an institution. Like, yeah. this allows him to just keep doing the thing and yeah. you need him to be able to do that or else you have no story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, this episode really does make the last episode better, I think, like yes! right off the bat. It,
1: it seriously does. It seriously does. And like, they, they don't get explicit about the the their stand-in for his killing spree so this is as good a time as any because Dormammu does mention that he's collecting life forces right there is a version of this story in a comic I I don't know if there really is but like it's so easy to imagine a version of this story in a comic book where maybe Cletus Cassidy isn't carnage yet um, but he's wrapped up in the story and he's literally doing like ritual human sacrifice or like providing (laughs) providing bodies or people for ritual human sacrifice he doesn't care about the ritual right he just cares about being able to kill people um so you there is a version that you could very easily imagine where like he would be involved in this stuff because holy shit it's giving him an excuse and like a constant flow of like killing (laughs) yeah. Um. And, and so I think it's 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 honestly so impressive to me. This I did mention uh, how impressed I was at the way that they work around, but also don't completely ignore Cassidy's super fucked up nature. Mm-hmm. The fact that he is a serial killer who is also a cannibal. Like it's all there if you know. Like if you know those things, you see it all along the way. If you know, um, you know exactly. It, it's 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 <laughs> I. And this is just one more element of that. It's how how do you, how do you make a, a serial killer on a children's superhero cartoon? They fucking figured it out. And I think this is better than the Morbius thing where they're just like, well, he can't suck blood. So he sucks plasma. Yeah. That is energy through his hands. Like this is, this is so much better than that
0: it is yeah because it is i mean it's the equivalent of taking a life just in a way that you can
1: it's literally taking a life it's yeah. just those people are dying they don't say yeah. it but that's what is happening is he's killing yeah. those people it's just <laughs> like gives them an out to do it without active
0: violence and an out to undo it at the end of all of it but like the stakes are still there the threat yeah. is still there the, the the metaphor that you're pulling is stay there still there i don't blame anyone who who watches it and feels like it's a little bit goofy like because it is it is but it totally. but like is. there there's that this is the best that you could do. Like what else? There's not literally nothing else that you can do. you like no other way that you could write around it without just having him try and fail to kill everybody, which would be much worse. So yeah.
1: And I have to imagine, I don't know, but I have to imagine that when we eventually cover something else that has carnage in it, they're probably not even going to try to do this. No, yeah. He's just gonna it's just going to be like the quote crazy one, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 I, I, I yeah. Like many, many kudos for the attempt here And I mean, even that sounds kind of backhanded in the execution. Yeah. (laughs) The, the, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's like, this is the, it's, it's a really clever, probably the most ingenious best way that you could do a serial killer without him actually being a literal serial killer. Cause he is for all intents and purposes. We see him, you know, killing people on screen. Mm -hmm. It's just done in such a magical cosmic way that it like, it doesn't read like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, when he, when he, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but when he takes life force from people, he does like shoot out tendrils into their body. Like he's, yeah. he is like stabbing them. <laughs> like, yeah. That's right there. Yeah. Like y- you watch it happen. It's just yeah. that there's like shiny magical effects and no blood, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And then, and you know, and they're all back to normal by the end of it. Yeah. Um,
1: Only cause you know. their spirits get put back into their bodies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're all dead. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, so so we now have a fuller picture. Like, last episode told us why the symbiote was back. This episode tells us why Dormammu even cares to involve the symbiotes. You know, like he needed people who would be willing to do horrific things who also have the power to do them. And what better way than Eddie Brock and Cletus Cassidy with like it it all does kind of make sense even though it is still so bizarre that Dormammu and Mordu Mordu Mordo are even involved in this (laughs) yeah (laughs) I wish Mordu was involved in this we'd have like a scary zombie bear (laughs) (laughs) well later that day or week this is one of those unclear time jumps uh Spider-Man swings through the city marveling at how Carnage refers to himself as I In contrast to Venom's use of we, which I will say has to be where my previous stubbornness since dissipated stubbornness Mm -hmm. over Venom needing to refer to himself as we came from. Clearly, it was this show because it's not just that Venom does do that. It's that in the universe, they enforce that idea Yeah. Um, And other characters recognize it. So clearly that was where this came from. But I do think it's important here because Spider-Man says that's an interesting distinction because it means that Cassidy's bond with his symbiote must be even stronger than Venom's. The fact that Venom still considers itself two separate entities that Mm. live and feed off of each other is different than Cletus considering himself and his symbiote one integrated being.
0: Yeah. I like that detail a lot because I think that also sort of sets up Eddie's arc in this episode, especially because this whole deal is like trying, like struggling to separate himself from, from Venom as, from Venom or from the symbiote. Yeah. So like that you're right there off the bat. Do you have that distinction making it clear that like Eddie is not that far gone um, or not as far gone, I guess, as Cassidy is.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I I liked that and didn't remember it and thought it was a really cool thing to include. Mm -hmm. Of course, just as he's thinking this to himself, he happens to encounter Carnage (laughs) standing off with Lieutenant Lee once again, this time accompanied by NYPD tanks uh, shooting lasers. So the tanks are back and uh, Carnage is exhibiting this new ability to sap folks life force, which we mentioned involves glowing magical lights but also stabbing people in the chest with his tendrils.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's like they're constantly sort of like, looks. they're animated, like they're flowing into them. So it seems like they're just like, it like soaked through their pores into their bodies, basically,
1: yeah. it seems like. Yeah, there's no like impact or anything. It, it's It's sort of, yeah, it's like that into their pores, into the orifices of their body, whatever sort of thing that creeps me out so much anytime yep. we think about it.
0: Very creepy. I don't like it. Don't like it. Yep, <laughs> but it's so good. But I don't like it. gross
1: things that the symbiote does that I do not like. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, Carnage attempts to drain Spider-Man of course, but luckily it doesn't work. And not because not Spider-Man, you'd think. Yeah, not because Spider-Man is just so strong, but because Mordo, well, not because Mordo. Mordo appears to explain the because. He appears astrally and be, astrally and is like, "Sorry man, your tank's full. Body can't handle any more life force. You got to come to us to like so we can
1: empty your tank, make more room." It's it's not a graceful explanation. But, but it I like did it, did answer the question I was asking, which was, yeah. how does Carnage sucking people's life force out actually help Dormammu? Because it, it seems like he's taking it, right? Yeah. So I wasn't sure, like, is, does this mean that there's going to be a conflict over, over Carnage actually, like, giving those life forces up? Or, like, what? But this actually... this this put me in a direction.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I it's was like glad he's not, it
1: came when it did. <laughs> he's not
0: using it for anything. He really is just like a physical reservoir yeah. to hold all this life force that then he gets drained of. Yeah. Um, Cause it doesn't seem like he gets stronger or anything whenever he absorbs no. anybody. Um, yeah. So and I like that they put that limit on it too, right off the bat. Cause it's an easy way to, like get in and out of a scene with carnage. Mm-hmm. Um, it also so,
1: separates a little bit more the idea of him actually like engaging in human ritual sacrifice. Cause like it makes it like a physical thing he's collecting. Right. As opposed to just like yeah, the yeah. energy of somebody being murdered.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like there that. Would
1: theoretically be no limit to that. <laughs> right. Right.
0: I like that um but yeah so so he he checks out uh lieutenant lee and spidey briefly touch base and spidey recalls that oh hey venom is still out there and at large actually
1: Uh oh which leads us to the next scene it, it wouldn't be a season three episode without aunt anna <laughs> uh my one note for the first half of
0: the scene is just shut up aunt anna yep <laughs> that's yep. it yeah Uh, so we're here at the parker household uh may anna and mary jane are all there may of course is worried about peter because he's being out he's out late and may uh anna just talks about how much she hates peter and all that stuff like same old same old nothing new and mary jane's like shut up aunt anna
1: um what i wish she said you know you can (laughs) totally tell me yeah i don't know and i do not care about aunt anna at all there are so many characters they keep reminding us exist like Mary Jane, like J. Jonah Jameson, like Kingpin, right? Because they're trying to like weave more together, make sure that these characters don't feel like they're just showing up when they do. Why Anna? Does I she, think is it's, there something significant that we're approaching with Aunt Anna that I don't remember? I think it's because she's Mary Jane's aunt and we're approaching a significant thing with Mary
0: Jane. And then that that impacts the that makes season after, after that. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. okay 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 because she's
0: the only family member that mary jane has yeah so i think that's important for the future yeah that matters i just
1: i fucking hate her so much just like, <laughs> she's like do you so unpleasant. be in it's every like, episode
0: well but it's also that and she's not it's technically also like, but it feels like it but but i think the problem with her is that we have seen characters that are antagonistic to Peter and/or Spider-Man, but they can still be like lovable, like J. Jonah Jameson. He is antagonistic to Spider-Man, especially hates him. And He is even kind of antagonistic to Peter sometimes, mm-hmm. but like it comes from a character, it c- comes from a character place that makes sense for him, and he has plenty of other character moments to balance it out. And oftentimes, it's like played for laughs anyway, so it's like, it's fine. He gets he gets a one up on him all the time. May always just gets to say whatever the fuck she wants to and about Peter and hurt her friend May and nobody does anything about it. She never learns anything. Nothing bad ever happens. Probably because the show doesn't want to like throw a pie in the face of an old lady, I guess. I don't know. But like there's that. So she never gets her comeuppance for anything that she says. And she's just so vile and does nothing else other than be vile about Seriously, Peter. She is so singularly just... focused. and has no other characterization outside of that. There's never a soft Anna moment like at least so far in this show,
1: not even towards m j like if it was literally just like anytime she was alone with m j you got to see that there's a caring side or whatever, no, she's literally just like a miserable old woman that like yeah. no one should want to be around
0: and i she's I think
1: terrible that's <laughs> it's it's honestly so bad at this point that
0: like that's a thing that like i'm I'm not even Mad at the character anymore, as I'm frustrated with the writers because that's a writer problem for not giving the 100%. character enough debt, enough depth to like make any of that work. Like or recognizing
1: that it's just too much. Hundred percent. If you're gonna include her this frequently, you can't make her so awful. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like in the role that she serves.
0: Right. Like, right. I, I don't, I don't mind this sort of like, like, you know, this sort of antagonistic character towards Peter. Sure. That's always in his household. Cause other, you know, cause it, it's it, like, it's a smart character to include because it gives a connection to Mary Jane. It gives May someone to complain to that's going. And, and it's a thing that makes Peter feel more guilty because now he is, you know, getting someone who's fielding May's complaints through Anna, right? Like May's worried about Peter and Anna's voicing that to Peter in a way that may wouldn't all of that makes sense but Mm -hmm. like it needs to be just be cranked down like cranked down and also give her other stuff to do it doesn't it could be every other scene that she's voicing these concerns that may has or voicing her opinions about peter but then the scenes in between can just be her being a good friend to may or like the few times that maybe she's a little bit nice (laughs) to peter or just not vile
1: to peter you know if nothing else give the actor something else to do
0: (laughs) you got a good actor playing her that's (laughs) so frustrating like she's good She when she, ch- when she played when she played chameleon playing a nice anna she did it really well it was like a totally different character probably like
1: probably why she got to do anything else <laughs> right,
0: right it's so weird it's so weird like do they hate anna too i don't understand if so then like fix that
1: <laughs> right right i don't know
0: yeah, I don't like it. Whatever. Thankfully, she is yeah. shut up by the doorbell ringing.
1: Yeah, we clearly we needed to get a little bit of like Aunt Anna venting out.
0: Yeah, because and again, it's been so long, not purely just Aunt
1: Anna, but like the treatment of Aunt Anna.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing. I almost like have hesitated to be so mean to her because it does feel like really gross to just be like shut up, old lady. Like I don't like that. But they brought but me to that point, and they didn't even
1: try to not. They make didn't make her even suck. try. Yeah, they've brought me t- fully <laughs> like, to that we're, point. We're generally pretty nice about Aunt May, and she's frequently very annoying. Like, yeah. But but there's more to her than that. So, like, we understand her. We empathize. We, we get it, you know? Yeah. But Anna just sucks, and they did not yeah. even attempt. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway.
0: Anyway, yeah, I I do like the stuff that comes after this though uh, in this. Oh, scene, totally. Because uh, it's actually it's actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the doorbell rings. MJ answers, and it's Eddie Brock. Shit <gasps> at their doorstep. Oh my god. Um, I forgot about this legitimately. This legit surprised me because I was like, wait, where is this gonna go? No, me um, too.
1: I did not know who was at the door.
0: <laughs> and I love <laughs> no the new. Continu- and I love the continuity because both May and MJ recognize Eddie specifically from the alien costume three parter back in the mm-hmm. first season. Um. And they call back to like when the one interaction that May had with Eddie was a pleasant one. And he said that he was Peter's friend. So she is like, oh, yeah, you're Peter's friend from the Bugle, right? And so Eddie uses this to be like, hey, where's Peter at? And she tells him where Peter is um, as far as she knows. And uh, which is like the, the the TV station, right? At the Bugle or something like that. Um, whatever. It's, it's wherever all, Peter actually is. It's yeah. all in the
1: same building.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, she, yeah, she tells me he's at the Daily Bugle. Um, so it's like, okay, cool. So it feels like it's just, you know, just a mirror of the first season scene where they interacted, right? But what I love about it is that as he goes to leave, MJ follows him out and is like, hold on. I didn't have the same experience with you as she did. I know that you're not a friend of Peter's. The one time that you were around was actually a very bad time. So... I need to know what's actually going on. Why do you want Peter for real? Um and Eddie's just like, "Oh, wow. You've you got guts, kid. Uh I can see why Peter loves you." And that throws her off cuz she's like, "Wait, Peter loves me?" And this, you know, her her sort of like uh, befuddlement at this statement allows Eddie to just sort of walk off.
1: Yeah. She's super blindsided.
0: Yeah, which I mean, it, to be fair, that is a very bizarre thing to say. Like, no totally. wonder he is
1: in love with you. Huh? what? Well, and he he says a weird. He says it in a weird way too. I wish I had written exactly how he says it because doesn't he be say there. like? We he, he says it in a way that that clearly communicates he remembers something he shouldn't be able to remember. Like he's almost yeah. recounting peter's feelings on behalf yeah. of peter and yeah. we get that right he literally did feel peter's feelings um or the symbiote did right yeah but it, it would be a weird way to communicate that to mj
0: yeah i i love i love this though because this, this is the exact venom shit that i really really like yes when he's when he uses his knowledge of peter's personal life and like does it in such a manipulative like like a uh, subtle way you know just to mess with them and everything mm-hmm. just sort of use them like he's not going out there and just kidnapping people for any supervillain can do that like his, his sort of intimate knowledge of how to play with the people in peter's life just to kind of either get information or just kind of fuck with them just because he knows it'll ultimately like hurt peter in some way um that i love that stuff like it's, it's, so, it's so
1: way good. scarier yeah, than just it really being, is. And like and Venom is inherently scary in a lot of depictions, right? Cuz he's just sort of this like uh ravenous monster that literally eats people's heads, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, the fact that he can manipulate Peter that way is yeah. so much scarier than biting people's heads off
0: yeah and i love this too because it's like it's like how he was used in the spectacular Mm spider-man with with also like the the reverse of it revealing to peter himself who he actually loved you know like using like i i love that that aspect of it of like being able to sort of communicate these things between characters that like they all know but because he's literally been in peter's head he can like sort of voice it in a way that just shakes everything up
1: Mm -hmm. it's good good stuff i also I this doesn't really matter for the story, but I I just uh, like the fact that MJ doesn't have that interaction with Eddie until May goes back inside. I just think it's a like nice it thing too. for her to do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Aunt Anna wouldn't do it. Aunt Anna would just be screaming and give May a heart attack yeah. if she if she had that same information.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Interpersonal <laughs> relationships are MJ's superpower. So, yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. job. Glad mm-hmm. to see a little bit of it in here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent.
1: Well, at the bugle. Jonah, Tony Stark, and Dr. Kafka get in a heated conversation over who's responsible for Venom and Carnage, how to refer to Venom and Carnage, how to tackle the Venom and Carnage problem. What uh, a
0: weird combination of people talking yep.
1: about a weird topic. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's so strange because like, it make each one. you can understand why each one of them is invested, but for those three to actually be having a conversation with each other about it is very bizarre. Mostly because Dr. Kafka's there. Because Tony Stark, I can kind of see, right? Like, Jonah is connected to people of that caliber. Yeah. So, even though it's not established, I I can kind of see it. But the fact that those two are having a discussion, then Kafka's also there, who's <laughs> yeah. just like, their therapist. <laughs>
0: it's so funny it's so funny yeah I mean it's it's fine like it, it works for, st- for storytelling totally it's just so funny to see that combination of characters there I also like like Tony Stark is like accuses Jonah of like yellow journalism Cause, you know Jonah's obviously like you ruined my press pass and everything it was all bad and Tony, Tony Stark <laughs> calls him you know yellow journalism Jonah's like yellow how dare you use that kind of language and description
1: of me Like I was it's such hoping a weird so bad delivery. you wrote down the exact wording because it is so funny and so intentional <laughs>
0: it's it, it's the 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 the, the wordiness of it is mm-hmm. so funny and you could tell that ed asner had no fucking idea what to do with all of those words in <laughs> <and> that line <laughs> like it's like no human talks like this but, but it works That's perfectly
1: pro-try. it works so perfectly i can't wait for the opportunity to bust that out and say i can't believe you would use those words in a description of me
0: like no no, no 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 even better i can't believe you'd use that kind of language that- in description <laughs> of me even, no, you got to have as many syllables as possible in that.
1: But but that's even better, too, because it's that kind of language, right? It's not even specifically the words. He's not even, like, challenging necessarily the description. It's, like, it's indignation over even having the description or how it's being presented. Like, he's not yeah. denying anything.
0: It's such a bizarre line, but, like, it just fits J. Jonah Jameson for some reason. It really like- does.
1: It honestly does. No, Not one part of me question that that's something he would say. <laughs> yeah. Especially in that sort of like heated environment where he's being accused of like where his like journalistic integrity is being attacked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like,
0: I guess it's like, it's like he's all, he's so primed to use such descriptive, like specific language because he knows how like phrases can be turned against you. So mm-hmm. it's like, add as many words as possible to make it so roundabout that if they come back with you with, you know, with, with to you know, with another attack, you can then be like, I didn't actually say that though. I Actually
1: said this is it is it the Raimi movies where he he responds uh, to like libel and slander or what like he clarifies which yeah, ones yeah yeah no it's yeah. not <laughs> it's yeah like, good stuff okay Jonah <laughs> yeah it's great <laughs> have we ever talked about how great of a character J Jonah Jameson is <laughs> a couple <of> times maybe <laughs> well anyway he's having this conversation with Tony Stark and Kafka but their conversation is interrupted by Venom. Venom begins to attack Jonah and Peter because he has specific vendettas against both of them. He calls Jonah his boss. Um, He doesn't have to really say anything about Peter. We just, we get that. (laughs) and Peter does too. Uh, But Kafka luckily is there. She's able to stop him, appealing once again, specifically to the Eddie side of the Venom pairing. (laughs) It does work long enough for Peter to sneak away and suit up, but Eddie spots Spider-Man pretty much immediately. And this just, triggers his anger and vendetta uh immediately again, right? So he just sort yeah. of is like, all right, well, nope, sorry, Ashley. Uh Spidey's yeah. here. We must fight. I do think
0: like it it highlights the thing that I do like about this too with him, that like the only reason that he goes through any of this redemption stuff in this episode at all is because, like, for the first time, he actually has something else to focus on other than Spider-Man. Yeah. So, like, every time that Spider-Man shows up, he kind of reverts back to his old self. It's it's only because it's like, oh, yeah, there are other people I can care about. Like, I guess his his big problem in his past life was that he apparently had, like, no family or friends. So, like, when he lost his job at his apartment, he had no <laughs> one else to lean on. All he could do was focus his anger on Spider-Man. As soon as he has a fleeting interest in someone else who who has a mutual interest in him. It's just like, Oh yeah, I guess there is more to life than wanting to kill Spider-Man. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. Um, I like that. And then that's consistent throughout this episode. Like Mm -hmm. everything he does is filtered through like, okay, I have another person outside of my, my obsession that I can sort of like turn my focus to
1: yeah it's my therapist who has romantic feelings for me Jesus Christ I mean I love the idea of the story but if it wasn't his fucking therapist no I know well, and, in, and again even inside the universe like even just as a fucked up fictional story and as a romantic interest for Eddie Brock specifically who is a morally you know complicated yeah. character it makes sense but yes of course me Doug human being in the real world hates this yeah <laughs>
0: You know what's also interesting about this episode is that, like, so many, like, the majority of, like, the main fight scenes and pivotal sequences all take place in, like, a lab and, like, a TV station and a cave. Like, all these – like, for considering that how much movement Venom and Carnage – can have like they, since Venom can web swing too and stuff along with Spider-Man, there's not a lot of action that's like outside in the city. The majority of it yeah. is in pretty closed in spaces, which I find kind of interesting.
1: That is interesting. Yeah. Cause, cause a lot of what we saw, I think in the original, alien costume stuff was like on rooftops right yeah
0: i think i i like i feel like that's something that i i I never i i had that i had always like picked up on that made these episodes feel different that i didn't really think about until now but it's just like there are definitely a few sequences outside like we were just you know the the tank stuff is all outside but those scenes are always super short like Mm -hmm. all the mains the main action is inside which i feel like is sort of unique for this show and it's an odd choice especially when you throw an iron man who can fly like yeah and, and everything is like when they like limiting everyone i guess which yeah you
1: know, well I, I do think the sort of like aerial association we have with iron man like i don't think i had that for the cartoon as much you know like that's true The the sort of like when you think of like the iron man three like 24 suits flying around and like being agile in the air, or like the basically like skydiving scene. Like, mm. they weren't doing that shit in the Iron Man cartoon, it was way more just like standing around and like shooting stuff, that's or like being point. underwater. They did a lot of yeah. that, weirdly enough.
0: That's a good point. It is, yeah, that's definitely more of an MCU thing. Um, so it does sort of make and sense, and it's fucking but cool. So
1: you know, <laughs> I'm happy to have it now, but yeah. But I, even
0: still, yeah, <laughs> makes sense.
1: But yeah, it, it, it everything is much more grounded than it, it could be. But but but, great point in the fact that yeah, there's so many more sets across these two episodes than I would have expected because mm-hmm. they don't need to have had as many sets as they utilize. Yeah, because we have yeah. Connors, we have the news station, we have the auditorium, we have. A rooftop early on we have cassidy's place uh like there's yeah. a ton of and i haven't named half of them like there's a ton of sets yeah this ep- <laughs> these
0: episodes go to a ton of locations mm-hmm. yeah just in general mm, interesting. i hadn't thought of that yeah i feel yeah, like i normally
1: notice that so i don't know i don't know what this is doing differently to make it not like jump out at me but mm-hmm. so it's, uh, it's cool i like it yeah. There's a lot going on so, to know instead of that. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so, so Venom does quickly gain the upper hand on Spider-Man. I mentioned this last week. Spider-Man never stands a chance against Venom across these two episodes. He's never meant to like anytime he fights Venom one-on-one, he's not going to win, which I think is important given how many characters are in these episodes. Um, and, the whole point that you mentioned of like Venom has been singularly focused, but now there are distractions. So Mm -hmm. makes sense. (laughs) But this is another example of that. And of course Kafka continues to appeal to Eddie giving Spider-Man and eventually Iron Man who shows up. um, But no one knows from where, because no one knows Tony is Iron Man. (laughs) Uh, Kafka continues to give them opportunities to fight back by distracting Venom. Yeah. Ultimately confused and struggling to control the symbiote, Eddie grabs Kafka, thwips off, and Spider-Man and Iron Man attempt to follow him.
0: They do. Basically
1: can't take it anymore. Too much chaos.
0: hmm I mean, I feel you, buddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't disagree. Um, back at Dormammu's, Carnage deposits the life force and Mordo.
1: <laughs> Which he complains about taking too long, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I love that detail so much, but I love it. Yeah, I mean, like, how much longer is it going to take for me to deposit all these souls?
0: It's got to be boring because he's just standing there, hands to a giant vase. uh Like, like, I mean, yeah, he's, he's not watching TV while he does it. It's, it's taken, maybe it's taken more than
1: an hour. Does it have to be his hands? Could he, could he use some tendrils and like read a book?
0: Yeah, good point. (laughs) Why does it have to be his hands?
1: Uh, I don't know. Yeah, It's magic. So maybe there are rules. Maybe, probably so.
0: Man, poor Carnage, <laughs> having to just sit there and deposit all those souls. That, it's, it's like yeah. one of those
1: like, keep your hand on the vehicle challenges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he doesn't get anything out of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, well, Mordo shares uh, that a uh, few more lives are still required to exchange For Dormammu's passage, Carnage, of course, laments that the number of remaining lives uh, required is only a few. He wants to murder more people. Really, only a few. It's funny that it's just like you can just also murder like once you're done with this. But okay, (laughs) (laughs) off screen. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) They would never show it. Well, I I don't know. Like, does he get to keep his ability to suck people's life force out? Hmm. When does that go away? Yeah, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Good question. Well, we don't get the answer to that. Spoiler, yeah, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we do get Spider Man and Iron Man searching the city for Venom. This is really the only time we see Iron Man fly, and we don't see a whole lot of it because um, they don't actually converse at all when they're searching. I don't think.
0: No. Yeah. No. You're right. They just. I. They maybe. Do they? I think they're. I just assume they split up because otherwise iron man would be like where'd you go spider-man they, and he never is
1: they might have split up at some point but at least for one of the scenes where they show them spider-man's just swinging behind iron man like they're just not talking
0: <laughs> so iron man's just gonna at one point look behind him and just be like huh where'd you go
1: i guess yeah i don't know well they search the city for venom and spider-man wonders if met oh god that's what you're talking about yep <laughs>
0: even think of that oh (laughs) you don't even know what i was referring to
1: no i just was like i mean i guess they could split up but yeah no like spider-man this is so funny to me spider-man wonders to himself where's madam webb when you need her because i bet she would know where the symbiotes are right on cue (laughs) madam webb pulls spider-man into her dimension and spider-man says i don't have time for you right now You literally just asked where she was, you dumbass! God, you literally just identified how she could help you, and then told her you don't have time for her. What are you doing? This just demonstrates how much he hates her. Yeah, he's
0: he's (laughs) just—he's only saying it to her face. He doesn't really believe it. He just like needs to get one in on her, just to let her know that he's never
1: good. Though she constantly gets one over on him, and it's always hilarious, and he's so bad at it.
0: Yeah, it's like his ability to quip is just gone whenever he's
1: in her presence <laughs> it's, it's like, so funny it's like a superpower that's nullified in her dimension <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like if yeah, he couldn't stick so to good. walls in her dimension except it's his quips it's so
0: good i love
1: it <laughs> i love it oh yeah well anyway this is this i love that you reference this in your intro Because it is an interesting choice.
0: It's a very interesting choice. And I would love to know
1: if you have any idea why they would do this. But let's get into uh... it first. (laughs) So, Madam Web does show Spider-Man where Venom is. We're going to get a series of time travel moments? (laughs) Because... She says time is progressing and then she shows, or time has already progressed or something. Yeah. Um, and she shows Spider-Man that Eddie is with Dr. Kafka back at Ravencroft and then allows them to eavesdrop on their conversation. So it is not a vision or it's not communicated to be a vision or a premonition or a here's where you need to be, get there before they do. Basically, as I understand it, He says, "Where are they going?" She says, "They're already there," but she says it in a way that somehow there's a time jump or something. So, like the thing that I think what they're doing to actually watch them.
0: I think the thing that what they're doing here is that all of these are scenes that, if you cut the Madam Web of it all out of it and just assume that Spider Man was web swinging, you could have. Said that all these scenes were happening meanwhile. And then Spider Man eventually enters into the fray after all this stuff has happened, like once he figures out where they are or something, right? Like you could have done that. I think the benefit of doing it this way and have Spider Man watching all of these cutaway scenes happen is that then it makes it makes it easier for us to believe that he would team up with Venom because he's seen Venom go through this journey mm.
1: in these scenes.
0: I think that's the storytelling reason for it.
1: That and, makes me feel so much better about it right. because they ha- there has not been anything, I think, in this entire series to this point that I felt like you just don't want to solve the problem of telling this yeah. story.
0: <laughs> well, because that's the th- yeah, it's sort of like you know what if you have a person that a, a character on your show that can like transcend time and time and space like. I guess you can use it to solve storytelling problems, but, but I, I feel better about it knowing that like, yeah, all of this could have happened without Madam web and Spider-Man just finds a clue to bring him to where carnage is later on in the episode. But I then you also I think have to figure intentional... out why
1: he sympathizes with Eddie.
0: Right. Cause otherwise then you'd have to have more exposition mm. and have, have, figure out some way for coffee to explain it to him. And they could have done that. But I think honestly it would have been more clunky than just having Madam web, let Spider-Man watch his own TV show for a few minutes.
1: Hey, okay. <laughs> Okay. Also, okay. okay. Can I make you feel I, even I think better you're about succeeding. it? I mean, you can already you, are. Can I make but you yes, feel even absolutely. better
0: about it? I think they don't call it out, and I don't think this is intentional. But for the continuity of our podcast, I think that this is also Madam Web teaching Spider Man a lesson to not just swoop in and drop kick villains <clears> in the middle of conversations. Ooh. Because if you think about it, if he had figured out. Uh, that where Eddie and Kafka were earlier he might have just swooped in seen Eddie talking to Kafka been like he's not looking I can get the one up on him and then kicked him while he was in the middle of having this journey with Kafka mm. and then And then he would have just been Venom and not had this redemption thing, which you know Spider-Man has done very often, like with the lizard, for example. As soon as someone's bringing them over to the good side, Spider-Man's like, I'm going to dropkick him mid-conversation, and then it ruins everything. And he doesn't do it this episode, and everything kind of works out because he just lets things happen without intervening.
1: I mean, that is a thing we have complained about is the fact that he doesn't think about what part of the journey some of these antagonists are on and kicks first and here he is forced to consider at what point eddie is in his journey and therefore does not kick
0: Mm -hmm. right exactly i mean it also sort of plays into the lesson you learned with the ultimate slayer episode too where it's just like i'm gonna actually think a little bit about where these villains are at and uh sort of if i can sympathize with them and come come at it with a different angle other than just attacking them i'm gonna do that
1: I almost wish they had just used that as the lesson again and made it sort of a season long theme instead of the yeah. friends close, enemies closer thing. Sure, sure. But sure. whatever. I actually, <laughs> I love the idea that because Madam Webb is an interdimensional being, she is actually allowing Spider Man to watch his own TV show. Yeah. Maybe, not necessarily literally, but kind of literally, you know? Yeah. Like time doesn't need to make sense for her. So she can pick and choose and pull moments out of, out of time and space and sort of create the collage that he needs to see or the slideshow he needs to see in order to move him forward. I kind of love that. Mm-hmm. kind of kind of am into it it's like it like breaks everything yeah but she breaks everything that's like her whole thing is breaking everything
0: right every time like time passes once again it's just a scene change that we would see that we would just see like in any episode like it's yeah. just it's structured like like TV episodes are
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is it's exactly what i thought it was which is like kind of, it, it is a cheat but it's actually a really clever smart yeah. Fun cheat that you kind of could only do with someone like Madam Web or Deadpool or characters like that.
0: Yeah. It's a cheat that I like as long as you're not using it too much and this is And they've and never I, used it before. <laughs> they haven't used it before. I don't feel like they really I don't I don't think that they will again because no. this this is so explicit and kind of over the top with how they do it. Um
1: That's fun. I yeah. don't think I I think I don't think they thought of it the way that we are thinking of it necessarily. But I do think it works the way that we are thinking of it. I think some of it is probably what they were considering. But the yeah. the, 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 the true weird interdimensionality of it, I'm sure, was not necessarily their primary focus here. <laughs> right. I right. do think the how do we get Spider-Man to sympathize with Eddie is probably a big part of it. And yeah. also moving things along is a big part of it. Yeah. Definitely. But it works definitely. better than I think they even intended for it to. Yeah. Who knows? Mm-hmm. maybe they knew exactly what they were doing.
0: I'll also take this over just like an episode that just goes by too quickly and is paced really badly. too. Yes.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. If if that's what you're cheating in order to fix, then by all means cheat as much as you would like. Yeah. As long Madame as it's not web, the same thing every time.
0: Madam web swoop in and just fix the pacing on this show. Skip us a couple of beats <laughs> in a way that like logically makes sense. And we're we're, yeah. we're golden. Love it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now I kind of want like a comic mini series that has, a fourth wall breaking Madam Web.
0: Yeah. Love that. Just to see
1: how it would work. You Just to see how, you know? Mm
0: hmm. Yeah. This
1: one specifically. Th- I want this Madam Web.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. This Madam Web is a good Madam Web.
1: Yeah. Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular and up patrons, Bo, Eric, Steve, Carl, Katie, Mike, Lillian and Douglas.
0: If you would like to support our show too, our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool Spidey goodies. You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything. And we mean everything.
1: If you join us at our $5 spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries or our movie commentaries where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film from the Raimi films to Amazing Spider-Man to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more.
0: And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to be
1: a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us Word Snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar.
0: Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you.
1: Anyway, there are more scenes involved, right? So we do see uh, Eddie and Kafka. He does explain that when he tried to spare Spider-Man, the symbiote attempted to fully take him over in anger. And the symbiote views Kafka as a threat to its symbiosis <laughs> relationship with <laughs> Eddie. Uh, and Kafka just proves this uh, by insisting that they visit a colleague of hers who can safely separate it from Eddie. This is where I was like, this is 100% the Venom symbiote seeing Kafka as a threat to its relationship with Eddie. Like this, oh, yeah. this is the clearest, as clear as any clear day Mm-hmm. That this is a love triangle, and I love yep. it. It's great. Yep. And if it's yep. not a literal one, it's like very much an allegorical one. You know what I mean? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. And symbiote's just like sort of like a like obsessive, the obsessive mm-hmm. one in the relationship, obsessive abuser in the relationship. Doesn't want uh, who who's like gets super jealous anytime Eddie looks at anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even and- if that
1: person is just like a friend trying to help, right? Right. Right. Yeah. 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 But yep. it could be an it could be a romantic interest, right? They, like it's I. It's very interesting to me. I really Mm -hmm. liked this moment. (laughs) I do too. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Honestly, I think they could have done all of this without Kafka being also in love with Eddie. If she didn't reciprocate any of this, I would be fine with all of this. I would have no issues with Eddie being infatuated or whatever and the symbiote viewing it as a threat regardless of how Kafka
1: responded. Do you know what the biggest problem is for me about it? Is that there's no indication whatsoever that... Kafka is bad at what she does because Harley Quinn was Joker's therapist. And then Harley Quinn is made to be very clearly, and and her character has gone so much further than, than, than this initial moment. Right. But her sort of beginning thing was that she was a therapist who fell in love with one of her patients in an obsessive way. Yeah. But they make you, they make, you know, that that means she's doing her job wrong. Right. Yeah. That's that is made very clear with, with Harley Quinn. In this case, it is there is no indication that what Kafka is doing is wrong or not romantic.
0: (laughs) I would also argue that, That's the problem. (laughs) It ultimately, as much as we talked about it in the last episode, I think it doesn't come into play until this one. Like, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, I feel like you could read all of her stuff in the the first part as just, like, caring about Eddie and recognizing that he's a good person or just caring a lot about her patient.
1: I think that's fair. And that attention is interpreted a certain way by Eddie, but not necessarily communicated to us as the truth.
0: Yeah, so it ends up feeling even weirder in this episode and almost like, honestly kind of shoehorned in when then suddenly she's like, but I can love you and now we're going to kiss. And it's like, what? what? <laughs> really? Yeah. Him?
1: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know. There's a way that you could do it that's very human and real, but also make it very clear that it's wrong. In yeah. which case you can explore... All sorts of things, right? But mm-hmm. the, if you're if you're not going to do that, then it's just irresponsible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like and in this case, kind of messy because they didn't fully establish it. Yep. yep. Well, another scene that Madame Web shows Spider Man is that Kafka brings Eddie to Doctor Connors. That's the colleague uh, that she has that apparently knows how to separate the symbiote from Eddie. Of course, yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at least they at least they sort of set it up by saying like Doctor Connors has a sample of yeah, the symbiote true. from when Spider-Man asked for help. So like at least there's that, right? Which
0: they specify was only month the first season was only months. Yeah.
1: Ago. yeah Dude. That's Dude, yeah. that's that's interesting to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's comic book time, I guess, so yeah, like it makes true. makes sense. But it is still weird <laughs> to think how much has happened in uh-huh. I guess like maybe like 6 months.
1: <laughs> it's also just interesting to even define the time. Like you yeah. could have literally just said a while back. And, it, yeah. you know, it wouldn't have dated literally anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Dr. Connors does say that a combination of sound and heat could succeed in separating the two. We know that that's going to be true, right? We, we yeah. That's been firmly established to us as an audience. Um, so when he uses sonic pulses to remove the symbiote, it's not a surprise. Um, he does remove it from Eddie. He puts the symbiote into a sound-regulated containment unit. Um, and Eddie and Kafka kiss in celebration. <laughs> Don't like it. And then the final thing that Madame Web shows Spider Man uh, is where Cassidy is. She showed him where Venom was, so now where's Carnage? And what she shows him is Cassidy sitting on a couch somewhere, don't know where. With, <laughs>
0: Love it he's just with sitting. <laughs> the. This is
1: what I was talking about. Where like he's always at like 112 percent, except for this moment. He's li- and it, it it actually makes it creepy. Yeah, he's so chill. It's he's great. He's normally is. so animated. But he's a serial killer just sitting on a couch, staring forward, doing nothing.
0: In, like, darkness, too. In like, it's darkness. It's drawn to be darkness. It's so creepy. And it's, the, and, it, and it's the first time we've seen Cassidy since he's become Carnage, too. Like, the first time we've seen him in his full human form.
1: Right, yeah. Not just, like, unhelmeted, you know, yeah. whatever. Like, he's and just I think fully human. Or appears That makes to be.
0: it more striking, because then it's just like, what is he doing?
1: Uh-huh, yeah. Well, Madame Webb says that... Cassidy is waiting for a mutual acquaintance of uh, Cassidy and Spider-Man's and, and and calls this acquaintance a strong woman. Madam Web then leaves Spider-Man to ponder this. And of course, Spider-Man is confused. Uh, she also gives him an encore of the friends close, enemies closer thing. Um, and after, you know, maybe a couple minutes or so in, in universe <laughs> time, Spider-Man's like, oh, wait, fuck. It's Lieutenant Lee. <laughs> it's got to yeah. be Lee. Which, you know, is pretty smart. He's attacked her before, uh, and she is a mutual acquaintance.
0: Right, right. So elsewhere, Lieutenant Lee returns home and finds, you guessed it, Cletus Cassidy creepily waiting on her couch. Um, He suits up his carnage and begins to attack her once again. It's terrifying. uh, But luckily, Spider-Man shows up in time once again to prevent anything terrible from happening. Um,
1: I think it's... the fact that you point out it's terrible, like or terrifying, like we didn't really note that in the first episode, but like it really is. It, I'm 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 kind of surprised that like it's included the way that it is because Cletus Cassidy throws Lieutenant Lee on the floor in both of these episodes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And then it's, stands uh... over her. Like it is very, very much like a a like power based sort of like violence.
0: Yeah. And in the first episode, he wasn't like a super powered individual. It was just a dude doing it to mm-hmm. a woman too. So like it's, yeah. um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely a pretty shocking visual. I think that they, that they yeah. use in both cases. Um, <sighs> <laughs> pivoting from that to something funny the I my favorite line in this sequence the line delivery I should say is like when Lee uh, at first gets on the phone when Car- like Spider-Man shows up um she starts talking and then Carnage kind of attacks mid-sentence and cuts her off so like this is Detective Lee Detective Lee I need it <gasps> oh my god as she like jumps <laughs> off and it's just such a bizarre like line delivery because first of all it cuts off the god part because they really can't say it right. but like the way she's like oh my god like it's just like really funny like how she does it like I was I mean that's like a good acting thing that she was doing in the booth that you just don't hear that feels so natural but like it also it also is just so like it kind of caught me off guard because there's not really ever deliveries like that on the show (laughs) where it legitimately feels like someone is throwing knives at your face like that is the reaction that you would have (laughs) you know like just like the 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 weird noises that come out of your mouth when you something actually scares you or you like see a bug on you or something like
1: threw a notebook at her booth while she was delivering the line or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It feels like too real. Like it really feels like that was very authentic.
1: Problematic director behavior.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, is this a Stanley Kubrick situation happening right now? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, while Spider-Man leads carnage out of Lee's apartment, Lee calls for backup.
1: Yes. Well, we come back to Connor's lab uh, where Kafka receives word of Carnage's latest attack via phone call. I don't know who called her, but someone did. Um, also, she's at Connor's lab and received that phone call. Oh, I'm not going to wow. think about it too much. Yeah, not just, think about it just much.
0: Yeah, skip over that. We uh, can't.
1: Moving on. Uh, so she <laughs> leaves Eddie in Connor's care and heads out to confront Cassidy uh, because Cassidy is also her patient. Interesting that like she and Cassidy... Have they? Well, I guess it's unclear because we don't know how much time has passed over these two episodes. I was going to say, like, have they even spoken? I guess it doesn't technically matter if, like, he's her patient, but... Yeah, gosh. I mean, I guess She's she may have already invested. studied up on it or something. <laughs>
0: She's very invested. Yeah, because he literally just showed up at the prison. He didn't even know her name because he called her yeah. beautiful lady. Right, he just harassed
1: <laughs> her. <laughs> no. Yeah, he just, like, harassed her. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, but but I'm trying to think. I can't remember if there is, like any scene change between that. Like there might have been time passing between scenes I think, when he first shows up and then and then when we see them again. I
1: think you skates. can assume there is based on the fact that Eddie doesn't get the symbiote right away. Like like Baron Mordo, like the 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 woman who delivers the symbiote to Eddie doesn't show up immediately after Baron Mordo's conversation with Eddie. Yeah. So like you can presume that there's at least some ambiguous amount of time that passed. So, right. Yeah. She, uh, I, I don't even know why I'm thinking of it. Like the details in this scene don't matter. It just, she <laughs> yeah. needs to get to where Cassidy is.
0: <laughs> yeah. God, we're really nitpicking this thing, aren't we? <laughs> I,
1: don't, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's a, I really had fun with these episodes. So like, I don't know, yeah. I guess I'm thinking about it more than I might've, uh, you yeah. know, yeah. Alistair or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, back in the city, atop a building and under a truly horrific milk billboard, uh everything is not fine. everything is not good uh billboard um carnage does a truly horrific thing. He shoots his symbiote webbing directly into spider man's web shooters <laughs> which causes them to explode on his wrists, which I know nothing happening there is like happening to spider man's body, but I can't not think that it is like it just it gro- it's so it yeah. something about it is so visceral. Well, because it like shouldn't be possible. Like it's mm-hmm. it's that same idea of like the symbiote being places it shouldn't be. Like I just ugh, don't like it. Well, and you're also you're seeing it under his suit, so like
0: you, you don't see his web shooters, so it looks like that's just in it's his just, arms. like
1: going into his arm. Yeah. yeah. And then like you see it actually expand underneath his suit. Right. Like it stretches before it explodes off of his.
0: Yeah. Ugh, I hate it's it. It's real good. It's so gross. It's it's, it's real a good.
1: Really fun idea, mm-hmm. uh, but it's so disturbing. Uh, Anyway, this obviously like the webbing explodes all over Spider-Man, just like kind of like it did in the movie, like whatever movie it is where it like explodes all over Andrew Garfield, I think. Um, And so he's like stuck. He's like immobilized. And this gives Carnage the opportunity to drop that gross milk billboard onto Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. The return of the milk. It's all good. Billboard.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We didn't need it again. (laughs) I didn't need it again.
0: (sighs) Yeah, so Carnage, uh, Carnage approaches uh, Spider Man to steal his life force and the rest of ya. <laughs> That's a that line. Possibly that mean. is
1: a line. <laughs> he says Dormammu might get your life force, but I get the rest of ya. Mm. To he's do gonna what? eat Spider Man. Yeah, he's gonna eat like him.
0: him. He's gonna absolutely eat him. Absolutely gonna eat him. Love it, love it. Um,
1: I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, you're not, not a, you're not a fan of cannibalism. To be Doug? on the
1: record saying I don't love it. <laughs>
0: okay. Wow. Hot take. Doug is against cannibalism. You're going to get canceled for that, man.
1: Good. Mm, can't believe you
0: said that on this podcast.
1: Glad I could live my truth.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, luckily, Lieutenant Lee arrives. Or not, I mean, not, not luckily, actually. (laughs) This is not good. I guess in that this means that, this means that Carnage has stopped stealing Spidey's life force because his attention is turned away. So that's good. But what's bad is that because he's turned his attention away from Spider-Man, he's turned it to Lee. Mm So he steals Lee's life force, effectively killing her Mm -hmm. as far as we know at this point. I didn't know where this
1: episode was going to end. So, and I, and I don't have a memory of, of things moving forward. So I was like, they didn't like just kill Lieutenant Lee. Did they like, I didn't think they did, but like, as far as I knew, I was like, they could, though. Like, that could yeah. be what just happened. They could just say like, that she she's just not need in, in to a be coma. in this episode. This could they, have been when they killed her.
0: They could just say that she's just in a coma indefinitely. Right. You know? <laughs> and there's precedent for it. If you know the comics, you know, like, Gene DeWolf is sort of a, a like, a, a sort of Terry Lee sort of archetype. And it's a big deal that she dies and, and Spider Man goes berserk over it. And that's even tied into, like, Venom ultimately because of the Sin Eater stuff. I was so, scared. Like, You could be making all those connections in your head, right? Like when you're watching it, like this is their, like you know, this this is their this is their version of that. So, um, Mm. luckily, she's she's fine in the end. She's fine, everybody. She's fine. (laughs) But but they treat it as well as they can. They treat it like a character death because Spider Man berserks out. Uh, tosses himself and carnage is off the side of the building, which remember, he doesn't have his web shooters working right now because they just blew up. Um, they, uh, they, he like kind of makes it so they sort of tumble. So they land carnage side down to sort of, so so Spider-Man is kind of cushioned from the fall. I don't know if that's how the physics work, but he's superhuman, I guess. So it's fine. Um, Gives Spider-Man the impression that Carnage is defeated because he just like fell off of an entire fucking building mm-hmm. with Spider-Man on top of him. Uh, but when Spider-Man begins to walk away, Carnage attacks, of course, uh, once again attempting to take his life force.
1: Spider-Man should know. I mean, I know Spider-Man, Spider-Man walks away from that fall, clearly having hurt himself. Yeah. So I guess you you can understand I that think he's, he's not just ex- all there Exhausted yeah.
0: and out of it. And he just witnessed his friend yeah. potentially dying in front of him. But he also so, like, should know that Carnage
1: it. is not carnage is not dead. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> However, once again, as Carnage tries to take Spider-Man's life force. <laughs> Another woman. A woman interrupts shows it. up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Same page. We're on the same page here. A woman shows up. So Carnage turns his attention to the woman and steals her life force instead. <laughs> So Spider Man really leaving a trail of female bodies uh along this the way here. Is, this
0: is like women in refrigerators just cranked up to fucking eleven in this episode. God, Every woman are women are just barging in to sacrifice their lives for Spider-Man. I know they're like
1: they're they're basically asking to. They're like, please, please let Kill me die me. instead of you, Spider-Man.
0: be give him all the man pain. <laughs>
1: Well, well, Kafka's life is apparently, or life force is apparently, the last one needed. It's very mathematical, uh, down to exact singular life souls. So Mordo says, "That's enough. You've got it." Carnage, come on back. He doesn't just have Carnage like swing back. He like actually teleports or transports or whatever Carnage with Kafka for some reason back to Dormammu's. Uh, unsure of where they actually went spider-man is like well shoot how am i going to find them and in a kind of smart moment for spider-man thinks maybe that thing madam webb told me could help me out here (laughs) (laughs) good job buddy you're 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 learning you're catching on
0: (laughs) yeah well, it does take him a little bit too long to understand of the friend's course. close, enemy's closer thing because it takes him a while to just be like, friend, hmm. Well, Iron Man's a friend. Who's the enemy that I could be closer? Who's the guy? Is, has there been anyone that maybe I watched like, an entire TV show about in that extra dimension <laughs> to like see his entire sympathetic like character arc and story that like makes him more of a sympathetic villain to me so he would be an enemy who I feel closer to like emotionally? Hmm, I wonder who that could be eventually he's like brock she's talking about brock
1: wow <laughs> he's the enemy whom i should keep closer <laughs> the fact that he even it's mentions funny. iron man i forgot iron man even showed up I in this know! episode at this point i was like oh shoot that's right iron man's out there somewhere
0: had he done anything other than fly around did he save them earlier i already forgot and we've been talking about this episode <laughs> He shows yeah, he, up at the news station. That's right. <laughs> God. After I Tony like,
1: disappears for reasons we'd never got explained to us.
0: I like Iron Man. I like War Machine. Yeah. I could they I could just absolutely do without them in this episode.
1: <laughs> they leave no mark. A million At least Iron Man. At least at Iron least Man. Because you could at least argue that War Machine is there on behalf of Tony Stark as security for the event, but then he can just be in that episode. (laughs) That's it.
0: (laughs) Iron man's role. Iron man's role in this is so superfluous. It's hilarious. How superfluous like I like iron man. I don't mind that he's here. I would actually really enjoy a full on legit crossover between the 90s Spider-Man and 90s iron man. I like Robert Hayes iron man a lot. Like would have been cool leaves no impact in this. episode. It's hilarious
1: though. In this year, 2021 to think of an episode of a TV show featuring a Tony Stark crossover where Tony Stark does not take like front and center stage at least once. Right. right?
0: Like compare this to the 2017 show, which also had black suit stuff like Uh Venom regarding related stuff happening. And then they have an the Iron Man episode. Yeah. Like, it is just, it is an Iron Man crossover episode. Like oh, it's yeah. all, it's Iron Man. It's Iron Man's, uh, Iron Man's villain. Like he kind of saves, helps save the day. Like it's, it's all Iron yeah. Man all the time. It's so funny. I mean, it's even, so
1: even the first MCU Spider-Man movie gave like Iron Man, these like shining <laughs> hero moments. like they, they were yeah. part of the story, but like you weren't going to include Robert Downey Jr. and not give him that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's just, that's what Tony Stark is now. So it's, like, hilarious to me that, like, you could even forget he's in this episode.
0: Yeah. And it's, like, conflicted (laughs) because, like, I'm glad that he's not in there more because everything else that's happening is more interesting. I think it would clutter up the joint. But it's, like, but then in that case, then just cut him out completely and give him another episode. Like...
1: Fully (laughs) agree with you. Fully agree with you.
0: (laughs) So strange. Yeah. But anyway... (laughs) Yeah, so Spider-Man re- returns with Iron Man to uh, Dr. Connor's lab to consult with Eddie. Uh, when Eddie learns that Cassidy has taken Ashley, <gasps> he returns, uh, Returns. he reunites with the symbiotes w- against everyone <sighs> telling him not to because he wants to save Ashley from Cassidy. Connor like warns him that you're not going to survive another separation. Like, this is it, buddy. If you're Venom again, you're Venom forever. Uh, but, but he knows that he's... The, he, he needs to save Ashley and that Spider-Man and Iron Man would not be able to deal with Carnage and, and Dormammu or whoever on their own. Um, So he's all symbioted up and Eddie reluctantly and temporarily agrees to work with Spider-Man, but specifically
1: just to save Ashley. He, okay. Venom and Carnage come back at some point, right? They must. If, if they come back and Ashley is not, a part of those episodes, I'm going to be mad because not because I need more Ashley Kafka or because I like it. But the fact that this is why he ends up permanently becoming Venom, like, okay. (laughs) Just I don't know. I have
0: all the answers for you, but I can leave you wondering. I mean I, 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 I mean,
1: I could bet. I mean, <laughs> I I would bet money that Venom comes back. I'm not as confident that Carnage does, but I would bet money that he does. And then I would also bet money that Ashley Kafka is never seen again. <laughs> but I don't know. I could be losing money on two out of three of those.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or all of them. Who knows? We'll see.
0: Cool. Uh, I will hold you to that bet uh, when we get to the end of the series. And, Great. And... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I can't wait
1: for season five to be entirely about Ashley Kafka.
0: <laughs> you forgot about that, didn't
1: you? <laughs> the, the, the six
0: forgotten warriors arc. She's she's one of those She's those all six. six of them, Doug. She's all six of them, yeah.
1: That's <laughs> a big twist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at Dormammu's, Spider-Man, Iron Man, and Venom, what a weird team, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, have arrived just as Cassidy deposits the last life force and Mordo begins the process of bringing over Dormammu from his dark dimension.
1: You know, Spider-Man, Iron Man and Venom as a team is that is like fully Marvel ultimate Alliance. Like there's no reason they would ever be like working together, but that's where it, where it would happen. It's like the whole point that game exists for. Yeah. Like, wow. (laughs) Isn't
0: it crazy to have these characters all together on one team working together? So fun. (laughs) Yeah, that's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, Iron Man overpowers Mordo and Venom overpowers Carnage, but Mordo keeps the plan on track. He instructs Carnage to release the life forces and Dormammu enters the earthly realm or whatever we're calling it. I don't know
1: what to call them in relation to each other.
0: Yeah, I don't know. My only note for like pretty much the next couple of sequences is God Dormammu is such a dork.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, because he little, sucks. Okay, literal he's used, he's... seconds, seconds on screen and in the universe. Seconds later, Spider-Man just reverses the device, and sends Dormammu back. So the way That's that, it. so we've had two episodes, uh, with with Dormammu
0: like co- like confronting Dormammu directly. The first one, Mary Jane defeated him by thinking, and the second one. Spider-Man just flips a switch on a device. The only thing that Dormammu does in this episode is, like, shoot eye beams at a rock and it blows it up a little bit. That's it. He does nothing else. He doesn't even throw a punch at anyone. Well, I guess nobody can throw a punch on this show. He doesn't even fire a fireball at anyone's head. Like, he does nothing. This For being, like, an interdimensional demon god, this dude is the most, like like fucking useless like <laughs> he sucks. just
1: he just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Mordo is cooler than him and Mordo also sucks.
0: <laughs> it's just so funny. It's so funny. Like I I mean like I, I I know that I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just like time. They don't have enough time to or ability to like you know present him I guess in a better way I guess I don't know then but it would have been funny
1: have but, him succeed at coming through the portal <laughs> like, or or just lean don't on have it have him be there
0: lean on it and have Carnage just be like I worshipped you
1: <laughs> yeah I, I mean that know. would be fun like, too that that yeah. would be like that would be like the uh, the the more contemporary take on it for sure yeah. and I would love it
0: just good God <laughs> like. I'm sure he's cool sometimes in some versions of him or whatever. I mean, I'm I less sure. Him. I, liked him in, I don't know. I thought he was cool in the Doctor Strange movie, right? Okay, like, yes.
1: You know. Um,
0: but God, the firehead Dormammu. He's also, like,
1: he's also defeated in that movie by being annoyed. It's true. <laughs> I mean, it, I know it's more complicated than that. But that basically, <laughs> Doctor Strange just like annoys him. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess it does kind of fit in with this version where it's just like, <laughs> just a minor inconveniences just completely obliterate Dormavu.
1: <laughs> I just, I don't understand why you even have him come through the portal if he literally does nothing. Just stop the portal from working. That's true because like... Well, I guess the end of the episode wouldn't work if the portal didn't work.
0: Mm, I disagree with that. I think um I think that they, like Dormammu could have never come through. I think it could just be that they the machine gets damaged in the fight and causes the machine to start sucking shit in or whatever. And well, that's, or that's where the whole thing
1: is. The life is. forces are an equivalent exchange. So if the life forces never travel through the portal, neither does Dormammu. So the yeah. portal can still work as long as the life forces don't cross that plane. Oh yeah. We were, they just we're break, thinking about it way more than they did.
0: Yeah. Break, break the vase before Dormammu ever comes through, let the life forces out, but then still have Carnage and morto there being a threat. Um, and the portal there being a danger that anyone could fall into, you've still got all the episode happening. You know, yeah, the like, stakes
1: are still... all there. Noth- Literally, none of the stakes change. Yeah, whether Dormammu comes through the portal or doesn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as you know, as long as you at some point reverse the polar- polarity of the portal probe or damage it or something to make all the sucking into the portal stuff happen, that's all that matters. Yeah, Dormammu is such a fucking dork.
1: It's just it's the the only reason I'm so frustrated by it is because everything that they incorporate Dormammu into for these two episodes is really clever. I mean, the fact that they're even yeah. using Dormammu in order to tell a carnage serial killer like killing spree story is really clever. But yeah, I mean it 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 ultimately was never about Dormammu. So like, just admit that and move on. <laughs> It was never about him. <laughs> it was yeah. never about him. Yeah,
0: and that's okay. Like it doesn't need to be. It's a great it's a great story <laughs> device to use. Yeah. But that's not nobody nobody is watching these episodes like being like, Is Dormabu going to escape? Like, no, they're watching they're watching Carnage do crazy shit and they're watching Venom try to grapple with his humanity. Like that's all the stuff that's interesting <laughs> and that's enough
1: for an episode.
0: Plus you got Iron Man <laughs> teaming up with them. So like there's, there's plenty happening.
1: I like, want that- to meet, <laughs> I want to uh. meet the one kid who was strangely like very knowledgeable about Dr. Strange lore and was really excited at the prospect of Dormammu becoming the next big bad of the end of the season or something. <laughs> and then being just utterly like crushed <laughs> <laughs> at the complete lack of disrespect given to Dormammu here. <laughs> or the complete lack of respect and total disrespect. I don't know what I actually uh, said. I don't but know. Dormammu sucks. Yeah, <laughs> so God, is the moral of the story it's, here. It's just, it's, so, it's
0: just hilarious how much she sucks in proportion to how much <laughs> they set him up as being such a big deal. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Carnage still loves him for some reason. So like <laughs> based, yeah, so you know This is the one
1: person who said it's okay for Carnage to kill.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um
1: yeah, so like basically Doramu's sent back to
0: his realm when when the polarity of the probe is is set, right? Is reversed or whatever, right? So Doramu sucked right back in that since it's an equivalent exchange, as soon as he goes back to his realm, all the stolen life forces shoot out and a return to their respective fleshy vessels. So Lieutenant Lee is okay. All the bystanders are okay. Kafka's okay. It's all good. Um, Carnage, of course, like still worshiping his master uh, tries to stop Spider-Man from completing this process. When Eddie checks on Kafka, uh, she remarks that the sacrifice uh, she remarks that the the sacrifice he made to save her, recognizing that he's rebonded back with the symbiote, um, and he responds that like oh I can actually feel it taking me over again oh no and it does and Venom attacks Carnage, uh, but luckily that allows Spider Man to focus on the malfunctioning probe. Yes. Uh, now malfunctioning. Now now malfunctioning probe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this episode is destroying us
0: yeah, cl- clearly clearly <laughs> having my life force sucked out of me
1: it's okay honestly though like the end of this every everything up to this point i get on board with right like some of it's a slow build some of it warms up kind of slower than you'd like it to but like at the point at which we're not not like Dormammu coming over is the point of no return. But before that, I'm like, all right, this is actually really cool. Everything's making sense. Everything's sort of flashing back in a way that I'm like, ooh, like, I see it all. The last like two minutes of this episode, I almost didn't even know how to describe Cause I was like, "What is happening? Everything is just like being reversed, and everybody's panicking, and chaos is happening. (laughs) Like, what is going on?
0: (laughs) Oh my god! It it, it
1: really falls apart at the end. It doesn't like undo everything it did or anything, but like all the finesse and all the like really clever, cool stuff they do. Like they clear, they just got to a point. It feels very like '60s show where they like got to a point where like, oh shit, we got to wrap this up."
0: Yeah, like, it's all really fun, but it's just, they cram so much in the last few minutes of it. <laughs> yes.
1: ay yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, so, uh, let's see. Like you said, Spider-Man can now focus on the probe, and now that he's doing that, Iron Man's like, hey, wait, actually, here's an idea. As long as we're sending things back into that dimension, let's send Carnage in. Like, let's just do that. <laughs> let's just fucking murder That's this ethical. guy, basically. That's what's happening. <laughs> I mean, I know he's a terrible person, but, like, damn. Um, so, so he does that, but carnage of course tries to take Kafka with him. So venom's like, no, you can't do that. So then venom ends up getting sucked into Dormammu's dimension along with carnage. So carnage (laughs) and and venom are now sucked into Dormammu's dimension, which I definitely did not remember happening. So I can't wait Mm -hmm. to see how that turns out because I, (laughs) I, again, bet money that they will return And then after that Iron Man just like smashes the device and then they make a joke about Tony Stark being mad. <laughs> and we we're the only ones who get it. <laughs> it's like what what just happened? <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, a lot very fast. Carnage and yeah. Venom are in another dimension right now. <laughs> yeah. And I and I knew that at some point they had to introduce like interdimensional travel right like that is something i i, I knew because mm. very big story points that i'm aware of simply would not be possible <laughs> like, Yeah, but it is wild that this is how it was introduced
0: <laughs> yeah are they just like chilling with zormamu now <laughs> like,
1: i don't world? know we don't know anything about his dimension despite having seen it twice now <laughs> yeah <I> mean, his <laughs> like, dimension what is, is it just, like
0: trippy and weird like can you like survive there it's like the if you a CGI dimension I, CGI just floating chains and, and <laughs> rocks with faces on them around yeah. like
1: I don't know, man. <laughs> you know how like you know how when we we as three-dimensional, arguably four-dimensional beings talk about dimensions beyond our comprehension? Yeah. I like the idea that Dormammu's dimension is literally just three dimensions. <laughs> and everybody in this universe exists in two dimensions.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: they look in there like, what is that? Is that a chain? Why is it I don't understand <laughs> why does it look like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's like the uh the Simpsons Halloween episode when uh, when Homer goes to the di- the third dimension Yeah
1: and, I mean I don't know what you're talking about but that idea yeah
0: Yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> There's also not to go on a tangent I'm just my brain's broken already and we're almost done anyway but there's a reverse of that there's a there's a, a Sliders comic where they interact with um like characters from another dimension who are from a uh, two dimensional dimension. So like the sliders are us, <laughs> yeah. but like these are like creatures that are like, like when you look at them, they are just like flat and it's uh, it's really bizarre. And they stage like basically a version of an alien invasion in those comics.
1: See, I love that stuff because like my first reaction to that sliders example is like, well, the two dimensional beings wouldn't be able to perceive that there were three dimensional beings perceiving yeah. them.
0: Yeah. Like it doesn't make, yeah. Like it, it,
1: it, right. Yeah. Like it doesn't, just like it doesn't it's make entirely it possible. Make sense. there are like seventh dimensional beings that perceive us, but we wouldn't be able to perceive them.
0: Yeah. Cause like, how could we We literally We don't exist in that, that, right. that many dimensions. We just can't. Yeah. I love that yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. Anyway, <laughs> later, one more thing. Talk about this episode. Hey, later they opened
1: the, the door or portal, if you will. It's true. They now have to yeah. reckon with these questions. Yeah, this this episode deals a lot of pretty big,
0: big stuff, doesn't it? (laughs) So later that evening, Spider-Man brings Kafka home and then reflects on how one of his greatest enemies became one of his most important allies. I think he specifically says his greatest ally, which yeah. I fully disagree with. That's not true.
1: Oh, I, I disagree as well. I <laughs> I, I, refuse to, I refused That's, to quote him.
0: <laughs> that is an absolute disservice to every other superhero. And honestly, just like nice civilian character. Uh-huh. Like Lieutenant Lee is a much bigger, greater ally than Venom was.
1: Literally anyone who hasn't tried to kill him <laughs> is a better yeah. ally.
0: Come on, man. Oh, I know he's like going through some stuff by the end of this. Like he witnessed a lot of mind bending chaos. So I, I, I'll i forgive him, but like reflect on what you just said, Spider-Man. Just he's like, bit.
1: he's like taking the lesson too far. He's like, well, this is what Madam <laughs> Webb said. So I get it, Madam Webb. I get it.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 And also Ashley, uh, now I'm calling her Ashley. Dr. Kafka says, uh, of, of, of Eddie, he couldn't bear to live as a monster in a world of men. Okay. What, what are you
1: talking about? It's
0: like, no, he just was in love with you and saved your life. I don't think he was thinking any more deeply than that. Like, yeah. did you even know your patient? That dude is not a very deep thinker. Like no. that's, that's pretty well established that he's not. <laughs>
1: Which it's I kind think, of a huge part of like his whole like system of yeah. beliefs. <laughs> like, are you sure you're not like Quite projecting literally a black little bit? And white. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. I think that she had like this this like romance novel version of her of him going on in her head. Um, that just because I just don't like there even without the ethical stuff like what I just don't see what she sees in him at all. Like their relationship makes no sense. They have no chemistry together. I think the only way it makes sense
1: is if it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't think you, I don't think you can try to understand it. Like I, you know, like, and I think that's real sometimes. Like, I think that is a thing that people experience. I think like, if you think of any of the people who like fall in love with like serial killers in prison that have been in prison for like 20 years, it's like, that does not make any sense. Like what is happening? I think yeah. it, it's it's got to just be categorized in the same box.
0: <laughs> it's that makes like, sense.
1: What are you doing right now? You that do not sense. know this man.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, why do I have a crush on Venom? I, I don't know. I know he's done terrible things. Why do a lot of people have, have a crush on Venom? I don't know. It's just the vibe. It's just the energy he puts yeah, it's out. A vibe. Something's hot. Something's it's real totally hot about a it. Totally vibe. Something's real hot about it. I get it. <laughs> um, lo- ro- romance and feelings and emotions they all work in mysterious ways sometimes <laughs> um, but yeah so as uh, as as spider-man's reflecting the episode ends with one final madam web dimension moment where she issues yet another cryptic warning you must learn to expect the unexpected you yourself might soon have to make such a sacrifice prepare for a horror a horror Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction, hosted by Jonathan Frakes on the Fox Network.
1: <laughs> I was thinking uh, Big Brother because their slogan is Expect the Unexpected and it's ruined oh. my brain. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, that oh, was okay. never going to
0: cross my mind. I didn't even know that that was the tagline.
1: <laughs> expect That's the a unexpected. weird tagline for that show. It, I mean, I guess. It's as weird as anything else, honestly. That's true. Madam Web is kind of like Big Brother. She's always watching. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, faces of the episode <laughs> here. Uh, there are quite literally a bunch of faces on Dormammu's fancy life force vase. Uh, and I noticed them initially because they do kind of look like Green Goblin, but they're not. They do. They, yeah. they have like, different, different, slightly different structure. They have like weird like corn kernel heads uh, or corn cob heads. <laughs> uh, but they're cool. They're cool yeah. and it's um it's a different style for this show because the line work is white as opposed to black and it yeah. stands out. So I like it. I would love a replica of this. I think it would be really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just I, I just, I'm not going to bother sharing this or, uh, on social media or anything. I just wanted to point out that before I'd seen these notes, I also pulled the, the exact same vase, face 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 <laughs> uh, that I was going to add. I just think it's funny that the, we pulled different screen caps of it, and we just posed it like we got we got images of the vase from the opposite angle of mm-hmm. a different character in the exact same pose. You got like Carnage grasping it from the right, and then I got Baron Mordo grasping it from the left, but they're both grasping it in the exact same way, and it's just kind of funny the symmetry that we had there.
1: It's I mean, how could you not? It, we literally have a segment called Face of the Episode, and there's yeah. a there's a vase full of faces. <laughs> <laughs> screaming faces <laughs> I also grabbed one just for you I, I felt like this this uh, is right up your your alley one big man you know embracing another man uh, and then staring into each other's eyes there's a, a wonderful moment where Spider-Man is like blasted I think I don't know from the portal or oh maybe from Baron Mordo I don't know but Venom but like unhelmeted Eddie Brock Venom like catches him in his arms and like mm-hmm. the moment just stands and then they like talk to each other while Eddie is like holding Spider-Man and it's not for like a good solid five seconds that they they uh, move from this position and it's just very yeah. tender it is I I.
0: I'm less of a fan than you think that I am. I like I mean, all, everything except you've for just the fact pulled that similar I poses.
1: I don't think it's actually a good frame.
0: <laughs> yeah, but also I don't like unhelmeted Eddie for something about it is really off-putting to me in this episode. And I lo- the character reason they do it is fine. It all makes sense. Like I'm not against it. Like I think it was a smart decision to to make to signify his character growth. But I don't. I don't like seeing Eddie with just his head on Venom's body. It just weirds me out. I want—I need to see the teeth and the tongue and the eyes, even though I don't like the Venom head very much. It just weirds me out. I don't know what it is. I'm yeah, no, I
1: agree. I don't—I don't like Cletus or Eddie like suited up without their respective like symbiote faces in the yeah. show, because like yeah. sometimes it looks cool in like comics or something where they're doing like cool art or like movies or whatever sometimes a little cool effect but in this it just looks like they're wearing like a full body suit. It's like I think weird. it's the
0: problem it sort of ruins the the it ruins the feel of the symbiotes being a living organism because it does make it look like they're wearing a, a fake
1: Spider-Man suit well because like it's cool in Power Rangers because you don't get to see it frequently right but then it looks like they are Power Rangers without their helmets, which just makes it yeah. look like a leotard. Or,
0: <laughs> or when Peter takes his mask off and he's in a Spider-Man costume. I like the look of that, too. But it's because it is a Spider-Man costume. Yeah, it's closed. Like, the Venom and Carnage aren't supposed to be wearing a costume. That's the whole point. So it just makes it weird um, when you just see it. Because I think it would have been nicer if they, if they drew some, like, tendrils or something on his neck like other later cartoons and movies would do. But mm-hmm. obviously they didn't really – they weren't going to do that. So – yeah, uh, whatever no, it's this fine.
1: venom is a smooth baby he doesn't <laughs> get any very, weird grossness
0: very smooth baby yeah <laughs>
1: other than his tongue in this in these two episodes
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: some weird stuff that they were trying with the tongue that they actually didn't quite animate correctly which just made it look weird yeah yep <laughs> it was it was clearly supposed to be like dripping slime or something like in the comics but they just colored it all tongue colored because yep. i don't it's know weird. who thought that was a good idea in a show with like not a high, like, time or literal money budget for this show. Mm-hmm. So it just ends up looking weird and melty. But yeah, if I could have grabbed this exact screen grab, but with Venom's face, I would have.
0: Yeah, I, can probably I just thought it was sweet it that he caught Spider Man. That is very sweet. I agree with you. That is a very sweet moment, very sweet, tender moment between two exes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, God, this episode really did kind of break our brains, though. I didn't expect that to happen.
1: I think it's—I don't know. I think well, part of it is we're we're not recording on a regular day. We're recording on a Friday night. Yeah, I'm <laughs> tired. It was, this is a bad so Friday There's so much too. going on in these episodes. Yeah, that there's no way to like do any of it full justice, really. Uh, and it just—it ended up being like, it's not even the most chaotic anything like the ending of this episode doesn't even come close to the most chaotic moments of this series
0: no this isn't this isn't tablet of time level at all no yeah but it's just uh it's there's sort of like i do think this two-parter it's like bizarre in so many ways but i think it's even more bizarre how much of it ends up working yes it's just like this is all the stuff that you're mashing together that's that's on paper it sounds just stupid and awful but then you're watching and it's
1: like okay most of these pieces actually fit together pretty well. <laughs> it's kind of the best case scenario where like you want something to to make unexpected choices, but so many so many things won't because unexpected choices yield unexpected results, right? They make a bunch of unexpected choices here and it works. Like that's like that doesn't happen that much I don't think. Like in a show yeah. that's not doesn't exist to take big swings, you know? And most shows don't, you know? So uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's wild. Like the, the shit they smash together that ends up working and being not even just working, but like actually being kind of cool when you think about it.
0: Yeah. At least yeah. I think,
1: I th- I think a lot of it ends up being cool in a way that I'm sure plenty of people would be like, that's not that cool, but I don't know. I think it is. No, I've, and, I've, and I, anything I've, anything that's going to make me appreciate carnage more than just like, he looks cool sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's an accomplishment because I don't tend to like carnage.
0: <laughs> this is a good use of him. I think, I think they yes. found a smart way to use him. And yeah, I think uh, I've come around on, on, on these episodes just through the conversation, I think, because there's a lot, I think, um, I think it, it it is easy. You, I, I think you can either watch these and just be like, have a fun ride. I think you can also overthink them a little bit, but then I think you can figure, do what we did and actually kind of break down. Like some of the stuff that seems like it's just too much, it actually does end up working ultimately. And there's actually a lot of really good characterization stuff, a lot of really smart storytelling choices, and a lot of really clever ways to get around the constraints that they were under that like, I've never seen them do before. Aunt May time, Aunt May. Oh my God. Madam web time skips. Um,
1: (laughs) Wow. Spoiler.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She unveils herself as Aunt May at the end of the season. Uh, Madam web time skips and like, and just like working around carnage, killing people but not killing people but kind of killing people like all that stuff it's like hard to it would be hard to do and easy to totally whiff and they Mm -hmm. they don't really like I really think you know the first episode I was I wasn't as, as into but I think once it all comes to a head in this one outside of the climax being a little messy really the only downside of this episode is just Iron Man and feels kind of out of place in it and that's not like a negative it's just like a thing,
1: like it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty neutral because it's not. Yeah, like you said earlier, they don't overutilize him, so it's not like he's in the way or anything. It's just like you. It's it could be cleaner, I guess is the best way I could put yeah,
0: it. Yeah, yeah, I I I wish that there was another episode that they would introduced Iron Man in, but it's totally. fine. He doesn't he doesn't call, he doesn't impede anything with this one. Ultimately, it's fun, good good reuse of uh, of the symbiote stuff. <laughs> this
1: episode, I think you mean the symbiote.
0: Simbi- the symbiote, the symbiote,
1: the okay. symbiote, yeah, yeah, the symbiote syndicate. Oi, yo, yo, yeah, Well, I don't have a transition because my brain is broken. So yeah. you should all who are listening to this go to our Patreon and see what's over there because it's a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Check it out at Patreon.com/slash/WalpingWebSnappers. Uh, see if there's something you like there. There's a couple different tiers. And honestly, most of it is available for like a, a buck a month. And it's like becoming a pretty big library. So I think it's a pretty sweet deal. Um, you also have the opportunity to make a say whatever you want for just a dollar a month through our word snappers thing, which I don't think we mentioned this episode. So uh, check that out. Also, go to our Discord. The link is in the show notes. What are you waiting for? It's great over there. It's nice. It's beautiful. I like it. Find us. Yeah. Places yeah, you can find us all over the place. Derek, where can people find you and the stuff you're working on?
0: Find me on Twitter at derek b gale, and you can find me on YouTube under my video essay show Second Chance, which looks at bad or divisive media from a positive lens. What about you, Doug? You
1: can find me on Twitter at Booley i c k y b o o l e y. You can find me on a Pokemon podcast called Victory Road and a books and video games podcast called Novel. Gaming, You can check out our monthly podcast, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on Inside Out, one that we've been very much anticipating since the inception of Falling with Style, is finally out next week, wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com, which has a full archive of everything Derek and I are working on together, including Walloping Web Snappers and Falling with Style. You can follow this show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at WebPod, or email us at Podcast at gmail.com Please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms that you listen to this show because those make us much easier to find uh, for other Spider-Man fans looking for Spider-Man stuff. Next week, Spidey faces his darkest, grittiest, most dangerous, and fearsome foe in the spot. Can't wait. Bye.